Why are you, why are you smiling? <laughs> What's up, everyone? This is Live on Real Estate, your source for all things real estate and mortgage related. I am your host, Paul Paslakis. We've got uh, Sal Cusmano as my ever-present co-host. How are you, sir? Good morning. Good. Good morning. Today's special guest... Mr. Dan Beasley, how are you, sir? I'm great. What's going on, man? Not much, Dan. Dan is... Uh, oh, I turned that up. Oops. Oh, hold on. I'll turn that down. Dan is the uh, director of Realty IQ team at World Class Realty. He's top 1% in the nation. He's a multi-million dollar producer. A um, lot of experience. One of the best agents that we that I work with. I know that for sure. Hardest Definitely appreciate that. Yeah, you're 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 pretty good. Uh, not to not to <laughs> inflame the ego. Uh, so today he's going to talk to us a little bit about um, you know if your house isn't selling, you know what 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 could be wrong with that, uh, and also how to price your home correctly. I think he's an expert at that. We've got some headlines we're going to talk about. Existing home sales are up two percent. Net to, net neutrality is ending. Uh, there's a lot of talk about that. How how is that going to affect the real estate market and these uh, online um, online uh, companies like Redfin? And then Bitcoin uh, creeping into the mortgage market, which is uh, you know obviously an interesting thing to talk about. So we'll, we'll get into that. But Dan, why don't you give us a little bit about your 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 background? You know how you got into the industry. I mean, you've been in it for what just a couple of years. I mean, you're a young guy, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's put it this way. I've been licensed for a long time. Uh, really been active in this business since 2002, so over 15 years. Okay. Um, been a top producer since uh, since I got into the business. But um, one of the things that I kind of specialize in, and I've always been a data kind of a guy. Yeah, you know? you're like a data nut. I am. Yeah. And, um, and so I like to follow the trends. I like to follow the data and, you know, see where that takes us because – one of the things that we've seen in this market is that uh, houses go on the market and they sell pretty quickly, right? Right. Yeah. Right. So, but what we are really starting to see now is we're really starting to see things starting to level and things that houses are starting to stay on the market a little longer than normal. And what's happening is that buyers are starting to freak out because they're going uh, to work or they're going to parties or whatever, and they're hearing these people, hey, I put my house on the market and sold in you know, 24 hours, 48 hours. And right, and if that doesn't happen to them, they're like, well, what's wrong with my, my house, right. right? So the first thing they do is they start blaming the realtor. They start to panic if the house isn't sold in a week because of all of the stuff they've heard. Yeah. And most of that is not true. Most of the houses aren't selling in 48 hours. Certain houses do. I mean, certain corridors, obviously, the Woodward Corridor sells pretty quickly. It's pretty hot, yeah. But it depends on the house. And what's also happening is because of all of this that they're hearing in the market, the realtor will come in and they'll make a comment of, uh, or they'll they'll analyze the house and let's say they they come up with a price. The then the customer always thinks the, the seller always thinks the house is worth more than what the realtor thinks. Yeah, of course. Not, it's their, nine it's their times house. out of ten, yeah, of it's their house. It's hey, my house is better than everybody else's, so they try to sell it for more, and then the house sits, and then the house sits, mm -hmm. and. So what do we do then? I mean, where are we at? And and so what has to happen is the um, are we looking at price? Are we looking at condition? Um, and there's a lot of factors that go into this. So one of the things that we do is we follow the trends and we can tell you exactly where the buyers are buying. Um, what I mean by that is, let's say uh, I'll give you an example. We we just sold a house last week in Berkeley. And you wouldn't think that this would make that much of a difference, but we had the house listed at three thirty-nine. Okay. Berkeley. Nice house, great house, mm -hmm. about two thousand square feet, uh, newer built home, um, and it was in a great part of Berkeley. But at three thirty-nine, there was only a small amount of buyers that were buying 
and or even looking at a house was at three thirty nine. Right. At three twenty nine, it was like ten times as many buyers. Why would that be? You'd think a ten thousand dollar increment it wouldn't make that much right. of a difference. So we put the house on the market at we put it at three thirty nine because that's where we wanted it to be. Right. I told him when we went in that the house was worth between three twenty five and three thirty five. So he still wanted to go high. I'm like, okay, we'll give that a shot. We are on the market for a couple of weeks. We had like two showings, which is exactly what I was expecting to see. He based, started based on the data, correct? Based on the data, right? Because the data showed us, and I mean, I've got copies of these reports I can go over with you guys, but it showed us that we were only expecting to see between three and four showings a month, right? At three thirty nine, right? Okay, and that's what we got. We got two showings on over two weeks. Okay? Well, you know, it's it is crazy that that's. Just that ten thousand dollar difference, so what it makes, you know. And I think it's uh, sellers have a lot of opportunity, or like in their mind, well, I have nothing to lose by listing it high, but they really do, right? Because they're shying away a lot of people to look at their home. And and what happens is is that the, you know, why is that ten thousand dollar increment that much of a difference? I mean, you guys will give a pre approval up to a certain yeah. amount, but you know what? Let's say that we I can't explain why the why a $10,000 increment would make that much of a difference. We dropped it by 10 grand. We dropped it to 329 and we sold the house in three days. Right. You know, you just shake your head. Why is that the case? But it's almost like, and I use But the data speaks to that, right? That's the whole thing is like, you're very data driven. That's right. And when you look at data, it, 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 that's what's driving your prediction of, of what's going to happen with the, with the market and who, and your buyer, right? So in, in that regards, I mean, a lot of it, I think really, in my opinion, is just the mentality of it. Right, like if I if I buy a shirt for like fifty bucks, but it's on sale for forty bucks, I feel a lot better about getting. It. I mean, it's or forty five or or even like forty nine ninety nine. It's just the mentality of it, right? It's right. just very odd the, the the human emotion that plays into uh, the market. Well, and so what I had to do with this particular seller is I had to go over the the data with him, and right. I showed him. I said, "Look, it's and I use a, an analogy. It's like a fish finder." Okay, on a boat, and so you're you're dropping your bait to a level where there aren't any fish. If you yeah. drop it five feet lower, there's tons of fish. All right, and so what we had to do is we dropped it down to three twenty nine nine, and we got a ton of showings. We sold the home in three days, and it was you. You just shake your head. Why is that the case? But when you know where the buyers are located, you can go into this. And you can price it correctly. I have a lot of builders uh, that I do business with. And what they'll do is they'll call me in when they want to build in a certain market. Let's say they want to build in Royal Oak. And so what they'll say before they start their plans, and they instead of just assuming that they're going to be able to sell whatever it is that they're going to build, they ask me for these reports. Okay, so where are the buyers buying? What segment of the market is the hottest? And you'd think, as an example, you'd think that you know from the cheaper – the house, the house, the more buyers that there would be, but that's not the case. You can there's have a, a sweet spot. There's mm-hmm. a there's a sweet right? spot, and so they they could have built a house in Royal Oak, let's say at five and a quarter, but there aren't any buyers from five hundred to five and a quarter. All the buyers are in Royal Oak were from five fifty to five seventy five. So that's where you want to build. You want to buy really build where they're where they're buying. Yeah. And so when it comes to pricing, that's obviously a very important thing to understand going in. Now, can you price the house high? You can. You you can price it high. But you're not you're not going to get the traction, right? I mean, Sal, you're looking at houses, and we talked about this over the last four or five weeks. I mean, you're yeah. I mean, I think as a buyer, when I'm looking at prices and I see something that's priced low, I either think, okay, 
if it just hit the market, they're trying to go for a bidding war, right? right? Which is tough to get in, right? You, you usually kind of at the seller's mercy if there's multiple offers. Well, hey, we want you to do this. We want you to guarantee the appraisal. And it's like, puts you in a somewhat uncomfortable spot. But if something's priced way too low, well, then you think, well, what's wrong with the house? You know, just from probably a buyer's mentality. Or if the house has been on the market for too long. Yeah. I mean, you see it, desperation. What's it, wrong? Inspection? It, well, you and, know? And, then, and then if you've seen it on the market, off the market, back on the market, yeah, you know, then it, it really it's stale. People don't want to go into that, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, how about a house that's been on the market for six months? You know, yeah. what's wrong or, or more? You're the first thing as a buyer, you're going to say, what's what's wrong with it? And and then, of course, you know, you're so, looking around. Can I make an offer on this place? And what are you going to do? You're absolutely going to you're going to hammer them on price. Right. Because, you know, something's something's up. You know that your inspector is going to find something. Maybe there's mold in the attic. Maybe there's water in the basement. You know, yeah. who knows what the problem is. It's kind of like Sal. Like if Sal was like, you know, a little bit older and, no, and he's not married yet, people are going to wonder, like, why isn't he married? <laughs> Yeah, you know, like, yeah, well, I mean, should I date this guy? I'll you got a shelf life, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm quickly but, deteriorating. Yeah, I mean, there's not. I mean, you got a you got a small window here, Sal. Every, for the girls out there, uh, he's fine. There's nothing wrong yeah, with him. Wrong. Just this is all just, by decision. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, by the way, uh, bo- uh, you know, Dan and Sal are both wearing blazers. I mean, and yeah. and they they're both very nice. I'm gonna post this on our website at liveonrealestate.com. I want to know who who's got the nice. I mean, they're both very nice. I think I think Dan's is nicer. You're, you're, you're giving it to Dan? Yeah. Hey, I'm, we'll, we'll, no, no vote here, man. <laughs> I mean, but you got a blazer on, and it's, you're looking pretty no, sharp, it's, too. It's a, it's a full suit. You guys got the nice fall look going. I, I feel I feel out of out of place. Um, so that's awesome, Dan. I mean, obviously, look, there's a lot of different ways to price things out. You're an expert at that. I mean, this is one thing, one area that I believe that you are very proficient at. We've talked about it at, at length on the phone. And uh, another thing that I think that you do that you go above and beyond, I mean, you are a full-service real estate agent. I mean... I talked to you when you were driving through a neighborhood to find a home for one of your clients, and you found one that was not listed. It was being built. Uh, your client would end up being very happy. They bought the house, but th- th- most agents would not have done that. They would just be looking at the listing, sending them a bunch of listings. But you right. took time out of your life, and and you like you went out and found the house for them, which I, I think is very valuable. Most agents would not do that. Hey, you know, you get a when you get a, a client that wants to buy a house. And, you know, they're on a certain time frame. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. And in that particular situation, um, this was a Royal Oak buyer and they wanted to buy new construction. There's only so many of them out there. Right. Mm -hmm. And typically in that market, um, builders are going to have a few houses going up um, and at various stages. Some of them may have been listed. Some of them might not have been. But you just get on. We just get on the phone. We start calling every builder. To find out what's going on. Well, well that's that's what makes and, you special, Dan. And, and, I mean, we literally, I literally drove every single street in Royal Oak to find every single house that was either at whatever phase it was. Yeah. And you know, in in that situation, you guys did the the mortgage on it, and he paid twenty five, thirty grand less than appraisal. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it was a great awesome. deal for him. Just yeah, you, you found a great deal for him. Yeah. He was happy. Uh, that's like a needle in a haystack because most it of those is. going up mm-hmm. aren't specs; they're custom, right? Most of them. That, so. And you know the, the the it's it's tough, especially in that Woodward corridor, because a good house is going to go up and it's going to it's going to sell with multiple offers. Now, sell. I don't know what market you're looking in, but if it's anywhere around there, I mean, it's yeah, it's tough. It's tough. You know, it's uh, the good neighborhoods are 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 hard to find good in, houses. Yeah, I've been in. 
two deals basically so far, and they both falling apart either in inspection or we well, got to bad. that point where it was like, hey, you want to... But it has nothing to do with the houses. It's more about <laughs> Sal. Sal's commitment, not good with commitment, I think. I think he's just very... Look at him. Look at him. He's very uncomfortable <laughs> even talking about it. I mean, man, you're coming in stronger. Uh, you're going to get <laughs> waxed later, dude. <laughs> is, is he always like this with you or what? No, it's it's it Every day? It's fun games. I'm, 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 I'm waiting for it. Yeah, it's cat and mouse. I'm, I'm the, I'm the, the cat mouse. right now, right? No, he's the mouse. I'm the, just playing tricks always. But you're going to get eaten, dude. <laughs> You're, it's all over for Sal. You. Sal's a little <laughs> aggressive today. All right, Sal, I'll give you one. Why don't you pick sure. a, a topic yeah, that we're going to talk, talk about, about next? Bitcoin, yours, your favorite. Bitcoin. Uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, look, there, there's an article. There's a first sale ever made in New York using Bitcoin. Uh, so this is, for those who don't know, Bitcoin, uh, it, it's been all over the news. It's a cryptocurrency. It's a. It's basically internet money on some level. It's built on what's called blockchain. Um I'm actually a big fan of cryptocurrency. I think uh, potentially that this is something that could be very disruptive in our market in a lot of different ways. But it's very interesting to me to see that obviously millennials more than anybody are, are they're adopting the Bitcoin, and the people that are receiving the Bitcoin are happy to receive it now because Bitcoin is is literally for one Bitcoin I think it's eighty three hundred dollars right. So there's a lot of value and it's it's kind of a little weird because there's nothing really behind it. It's not based on it's all speculation, right? Bitcoin is speculative. Uh, there's no gold behind it. There's no um, country behind it. It is literally people saying, I believe in Bitcoin and people buying Bitcoins, which is really interesting. There's a lot of people that made a lot of money off of it when they bought Bitcoin. It was like a dollar, $4 or $3 or $10. Now it's $8,000, over $8,000. So, you know, Sal, I mean, you're you're a millennial. Um, you're kind of dabbling in the whole mm -hmm. cryptocurrency market. How do you feel about you know, people using it as actual currency. I mean, people are buying homes with it. Stores are adopting it. Could this be disruptive where it's going to actually hurt the U.S. dollar on some level? I think that it, it potentially could. I mean, I think that there's a lot of advantages to it. I mean, aside from what it could do to the U.S. dollar, I'm just thinking about it from the real estate transaction. I mean, if you have a, an agreed-upon price, right, let's say it's $160,000 and Bitcoin's at $8,000 a pop, right? So that means 20 Bitcoins to buy that, right? Uh, that's good math, but yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah sure. Very well, well done. Thanks, I mean, Paul. I need a calculator for that. Yeah. You are smart <laughs> and good looking. <laughs> smart Thanks. and good looking. So you need 20 Bitcoins. So a Bitcoin, from what I've seen in the past couple weeks, as Paul's like fantasized over Bitcoin. and nah, I'm not really into Bitcoin, but go ahead. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> it can swing $1,000 a share per day. Wow. So those 20 Bitcoins could be worth... Volatile, yeah, it's really volatile. One hundred and eighty thousand or one hundred and forty thousand in one day, it can swing that far. So it's like, you know, when are you executing this? And in in the process of you going from a thirty day contract, right, start inspection, appraisal, all that, right? And granted, if it'd be a cash sale with the Bitcoin, more than likely, because we wouldn't accept it as a lender. No way, no, that's a um, cash sale. Yeah, you know what could happen? Hey, yeah, we've inked up a two hundred k deal and. Oh, sorry, man, my Bitcoins are now worth 150000 in the past 30 days. Not because of the market, not because of things in the market. It's just not as stable. And I think it's moving that way. I think when we see a lot of stability with Bitcoin and uh, cryptocurrency, that's when you'll start to see the U.S. dollar weaken against it. That's interesting. I mean, obviously, you haven't come across this at all. None of us really have come across this. But are you familiar with Bitcoin, Dan? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've heard of, of Bitcoin. Obviously, we're not dealing with no, it no. at all. But um, 
I've got a couple of friends that have actually invested in it and done really well with it. Yeah. So it's uh, it's always at the uh, forefront I think of my mind. I think it's all about like if I'm selling a house, am I willing to take Bitcoin for it? If I believe that Bitcoin is going to increase in value, I'll take it. Just as on the buy side, right? I mean, okay, you I've had I have somewhere between one hundred and fifty and two hundred thousand dollars of Bitcoin to spend in the next thirty days, depending when you execute that sell order, right? That seller might get the two hundred thousand that day. And then the next day, it's worth a hundred and eighty, or it could be worth two fifty. Right. So it's like it, it swings both ways. It's yeah. all about when you sell it, or if you even plan to sell it. I think this just speaks to the uh, evolution of our market. And I think honestly, like I don't, I don't know that it's going to be disruptive in a way that you know tomorrow we're going to have to start worrying about you know it hurting us or hurting the dollar. But I think more than anything, it does speak to the to the power of change and that our market if you're not willing to adapt on some level um going forward on whatever it is whether it's technology whether it's bitcoin whether whatever it is there are so many things coming out right now that are going to change our market 10 years from now that we kind of if you're not prepared for it today i mean i don't think that you're going to last very long well you know it's it's funny because if you look at the short history of cryptocurrency those who accepted bitcoin at the beginning i mean someone paid like I don't know, eight bitcoins or something for a pizza. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that, 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 that pizzeria. Worth, yeah, it's, that pizzeria it's is stupid. no longer a pizzeria. Now yeah. it's printing money. Right? Right. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, you, you look at it from that perspective. It's like, if I had anything to sell back then, I would have sold it for bitcoin. Yeah. Right? It's very, it's how, how would a title company deal with this? I, I can't even imagine. Yeah, uh, I don't think the title company. I mean, they're just going to check for clear title, right? They don't care what the ca- what the transact if they if there's a transaction. It's yeah, but bought. the funds have to be held and well, escrow listen, and distributed, but, right? But just by the way, just so everybody knows, do it, they have a crypto wallet? The Bitcoin was transferred into U.S. dollars. So just so everybody understands, they they, they trans transfer, transferred it to U.S. dollars. I, I I don't totally understand how it worked, but basically it was a Bitcoin transaction. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna start seeing more and more of this. I I, I promise you. I think it's gonna be um, and I, until Bitcoin crashes and burns, which you know there's possibility for that happening, right? So we'll see what happens with that. So next uh, next topic, we'll just move on because I mean that's we'll we'll keep we'll keep an eye on it. Yeah, I mean I think that's the biggest point is how do you transfer it? Yeah, I mean I don't know. We'll talk. I mean it's a weird world, man. Um, all right, so I mean here's something more relevant to what we do. Uh, existing home sales are up two percent. Um, this is interesting for this time of year, right? I think we're we're at the highest level, and I talked about this on my mortgage minute yesterday. Um, we're at the highest level that we have been since the summer, right? And normally at this time of year we see a dip, right? We don't see people really. Um, Selling and buying at the rate that we have been, I think, and I think that speaks to the strength of the market. What do you think, Dan? Um, the market is is still on fire. Obviously, rates are at historical lows. Yeah, rates are still good. And as long as that stays where it is, I don't think we're going to really see any any drop offs, uh, he- any heavy drop offs. We are that we are definitely seeing more inventory though. Okay, it's starting to creep up. Yeah, yeah because what's happening is that. People are, you know, that are seeing their homes worth more now than even before the crash. Yeah, and so now they're saying, "Hey, let's let's cash in." You know, uh, if it's a baby boomer that wants to, uh, it's, it's an empty nester, and they want to move on, and you know, now's the time to do it. Or let's say that someone bought, uh, you know, in 2010, 2011, and they're sitting there with a ton of equity because their homes went up, you know, 40, 50% in the last uh, six or seven years. Right. People are making profits, right? And, you know, and then, of course, their families are growing, you know? I mean, 
somebody's might be getting married, you know, who knows? Sal's right. not getting married. <laughs> I know you pointed at Sal. Sal is not getting married. Yeah, we've got probably five years minimum. Sal, Sal has a problem keeping beta fish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, when they died, you... I mean, you killed them. <laughs> yeah. You let, you let them die. Well, I mean, we have a very robust market. <laughs> Prick. You know, I mean, we're going to shit. Let's get back on focus here, all right? Let's get back on focus. Um, <laughs> Did you just call your friend? <laughs> All right. Um, he so. keeps he keeps two of them together in the same tank, you know, and then they kill each yeah, other. Yeah, that's right? what yeah. it is. They yeah. eat each other. I'm sick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, look. I think it's interesting. I don't. The, here's what I think. I think that like you need to get into this market right now because I believe. Here's what I believe that's going to happen in the spring. I think rates will be higher, so the price of money will be more expensive. So that same house at two hundred thousand or three hundred thousand will cost you more. I also think the market's going to be um, there's going to be uh, more homes in the market. Uh, more buyers, and I think it's going to be harder to find a house again in the spring. Um, whereas right now, you can, you're going to get a value potentially because it is a little bit more of a buyer's market right now than a seller's market, just because of the the time of year. But um, I do believe that spring is going to be another hot market. I don't think it's slowing down. No, it's definitely going to be hot. The if you're thinking about buying, I would say. Uh, Right now, all the way through the end of February, that you're going to get your best deals. Value. You're going to get value, and right? You're going to get your best deal. Absolutely, your best value. Because especially if their house has been, if somebody's had their house on the market for a while, they had a price too high. Now they're starting to realize. Now they're going into the into the worst time of the year to sell. No, you know the buyers are limited because of the holiday. Right. You know the weather's going to start to change. No one wants to go out in the in the snow and march through the backyard and everything else. Right. So what's going to happen is things are going to slow down. So sellers are going to start to get a little little panicky. Mm-hmm. They'll start dropping their price, become a little bit negotiable, right. uh, a little more negotiable than they have been. And then, of course, then things turn around. You know, We start to see our market start to change right around the end of February, beginning of March, March yeah. right as the snow starts to yep. melt. Yep. Um, days get a little bit longer. It's a little easier to see homes. Yeah. And... Um, so the the buyers will start to come out, and then the prices you'll start to see the prices go up. So right now is, if I was going to suggest anybody buy right now is the time. Yeah, I mean I I agree with that, and uh, I mean another thing that I think is, is is poignant is that you're going to have even if you go multiple offers right now, it's going to be three, four, two, right? Come springtime, you're going ten, eleven, twelve multiple offers on every deal, right? Well, not necessarily every deal. Not every deal, I but mean, I'm depending on, on the a hot area. Deal that's priced right, you yeah. know. Um, you, there's less competition in in the uh, winter, right? I mean, it's oh like, yeah, much less, much less. So, it, it, I mean, I don't know. It's tough. I want to buy in these months because I think to your point, where are you deal. looking, Sal? I don't understand how long. Uh, how long can it, how hard can this be to find something for I, Sal? Again, yeah. I'm picky. Sal, it's not about anything but Sal. You don't understand, Dan. This is about Sal. It, it's not well, about I the mean, market. I'm buying a house, dude. Yeah, but it's not the market. It's Sal. How are you, Sal? <laughs> Your hair looks great today, though. It does. Hmm. Thanks. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Net neutrality <laughs> potentially is ending. So basically, um, another weird technology thing is that the the. Right now, the the internet is neutral. Nobody has control over it. Nobody can throttle the websites. Nobody can block websites. I mean, it it is just an open, free market, basically. What is being proposed is from the FCC is relinquishing their control and giving control of parts of the internet to like companies like Verizon and AT and T. What that means basically is Verizon potentially would have the power to block a website. 
they would have the power to slow down speeds on, let's say, when you're watching your Netflix and they want to throttle the speed down, they could do that. Um, I think this is just a little crazy. Um, companies like Redfin is not happy about it because, I mean, these you know Zillow's and all these other companies. Let's say Verizon wants to open up their own right. uh, Zillow, right? And they create a website and they decide to block Zillow or slow down Zillow or impede Zillow or Redfin. I mean, they're not. I mean, this could change the shape of of, of the internet uh, real estate uh, websites. Would you, would you not agree with that? I think it could, and uh, I think that this potentially uh, opens up another. I mean, this is going in a kind of a different direction, but I know that there's some proposed formats for like the new internets. What What do you mean the internets? Which kind of goes back to our like. Uh, our whole cryptocurrency thing, like Ethereum, right? Oh, Which yeah, like blockchain, a, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think things are going to get sh- pretty shook up in the next 10 years in terms of, like, what the Internet is, what Wi-Fi is, what these networks and cellular carriers do. I mean, it's it's crazy. So I think uh, we, we're just going to have to see. I mean, th- it's so unpredictable because something like that changes the whole face of what we know as the Internet. There's no, like... No holds bar on the internet, right? Like when you go on, you search something, you find it, right? There's Pretty much, yeah. I mean, you I don't mean, have, unless it's like a secure, like internal website, you can find it, you can get to it. Other countries, right? Like if you go to like China, yeah, there's Saudi no Google Arabia, in China. China blocked Google. Yeah, there's whole, it's crazy. It's limiting information to the people, which I think is, uh, it's it's so messed up. Why would I'm just curious, uh, and this is just to me just not a good thing. It's just not a healthy thing to do um, going forward. I think uh, companies like Redfin. I mean, there's going to be protests for sure. Uh, people are not going to like this, but we're gonna we're gonna have to see what shapes out. I, I just can't see this happening. It's I mean, gonna pass. I, it, so, it, it sounds it's, like it's gonna pass. It's unbelievable. Yeah, uh, it, it, it sounds like it's gonna pass. So I mean, who knows? Uh, who knows what's gonna happen with that? But um, guys, that's that's pretty much our show. Are you kidding? That's it. It goes I mean, by quick. It goes wow. by quick. Dan, why don't you give the audience uh, how to how to reach you? How, how can people find you? You are one of the best agents we know. So, Best way is uh, give me a call on my cell, 313-550-4862, and uh, we'll, get, uh, we'll get you taken care of. Guys, thank you for listening. Uh, obviously, you can reach us at liveonrealestate.com. You can find us on... Uh, iTunes, Google Play, subscribe, like, go to our website. Again, liveonrealestate.com. Have a wonderful holiday. Happy Turkey Day to you, Sal. Happy Turkey Day to you, Dan. Hey, thanks for having me, God bless, guys. I love love you, Sal. (laughs) Love you too, Paul. Do you? (laughs) Call me a prick earlier. Yeah, I know. On air. Have a good holiday, Paul. (laughs) Bye, guys.